Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Scotty Scheffler, your Masters champion. That's where we'll start as we begin the final hour of OutKick 360. It never disappoints, the Masters. Um, although the coverage of this was, it was Tiger as its own entity and rightfully so it's a massive story um even in a on a day where he's not anywhere close to contention they're showing a lot of him because people will tune in and lock in on tiger on uh, a master's weekend and especially master sunday uh i did find it interesting we didn't learn that much about scotty scheffler until after he won despite him leading by three to begin the final round five to begin the weekend um, he, well, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get the Jordan Spieth feel the education. with Scotty Scheffler. Whenever Spieth won at the age of 21, Scheffler won yesterday at the age of 25. You know I, what concerns me about Scheffler? I'm interested by that. What concerns me about Scheffler is, uh, the, the last hole, the double bogey. I'm sitting there watching that. And I'm thinking Tiger Woods would not have done this. Some of the greats in golf would not have done this. This would not have been too big for them. I understand he's 25. I understand it's his first Masters, all those things. He's obviously on a tear right now in a hot streak. But for me to get excited about someone and invested in someone, I watch that and I think, man, this is not, not a good look. Well, and you know, he started the morning uh, admitting Crying. that he was, he was asking or telling himself and his wife, he's like, I'm not ready for this. I don't know if I can handle this. And, I mean, he did. I mean, up until uh, he was walking up the fairway in 18, that guy was as locked in as you can get. And to have Cameron Smith start with birdie, birdie, and then on three, have the chip in that immediately gets you back up. Um, Well, he got back up by two at that point and then soon was up by three or four before they even got to the back nine. He He started 10 up by five. I believe, and then Rory started to come back and, and sneak back into the mix at that point with his second nine, which was exceptional. I don't know. I just think I, I didn't get the feel for the same feel for Sheffield, and maybe that's by design. Maybe that's because he has been out of nowhere. But he's number one in the world, and the number one golfer in the world, I feel like, should be covered more than what he was, given the fact he was leading the Masters. He's talk. He's the talk of the tournament. But I didn't get the same vibe, the same background until post-victory. He's a less interesting guy overall than Jordan Spieth, isn't he? Not by his post, post-round post interview. I didn't Very think similar. So. Yeah, they're very, they're very similar. I don't know if it's more interesting, but they're very they're both, similar. Both Texans. I mean, they're both Texas guys. I, I, I find them to be very, almost the same when you hear them speak and watch them. I, I just... It's the realization that there's only going to be one Tiger Woods in my lifetime. And I keep searching in golf 
for someone that moves the needle to that yeah, extent. You're going to be disappointed. And it's never going to happen. There's never going to be yeah. such a confluence of time, place, personality, difference, yeah. dominance. We've not, been told and, the and next is coming and then it doesn't like, happen. He doesn't have a great personality. It's the marketing well, the angle from instinct. Nike. You know, it is. I talked about it last week. It is Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods, than everybody else. Now, from Nike, in terms of what they could create, it was interesting. In a persona, and Tiger's so, in that that group. Tiger was wearing the foot joys. Guess who was wearing Tiger? Scheffler. He was wearing Tiger's uh, cleats um, and uh, wearing his uh, shirts this week. Well, every time there's a young American that does anything, I start hoping that I, I want to see more from them. Colin Morikawa, another one when he won the PGA. But it just and he's close. By doesn't the way, click to that level. All three of our picks finished top ten. Yeah, that was a good weekend for us. Um, no, I didn't bet these guys to finish top ten. I bet them to win, which means I lost everything. But <laughs> I did more top ten, top twenty betting than and you by, guys. By everything, Hunt means everything. <laughs> everything. He bet his house on. Yeah, yeah, lost, lost it all. all. He bet his second mortgage on. No, but look, Chad. To, to your point, I was thinking because they were talking about the caddy. Uh, Scheffler's yeah. caddy and Scheffler's caddy caddied for Bubba Watson, who won twice. And so that caddy's won three times in the last eleven yeah, years. Yeah, he's very good. So you're thinking more like looking for the next Tiger each time you see an American win or emerge. And I think I've done a pretty good job of thinking this guy's going to be Bubba Watson. <laughs> like we might see him again, but that's going to be it. There's We're just not no, going to see a guy come to Augusta and win five times. But and, that being it is really, really right, great. Really, really great. That's what we should expect. That's what it used to be. You know, there's a, a Jack and there's Tiger, and these are generational guys, but – we're not going to see the guy with the fuse lit like you want, who's a well, who's a shooting star. But you have it's guys so that are challenging, like you have, Tiger had Mickelson, um, right. you had Ernie Els, uh, you had you had guy you you had guys with you had Sergio rivalries. Um, there 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 were guys contending, even though Tiger was running away with it. This is uh, they have some names in golf, but, but it's more a full field kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I think it, it, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, um, uh, Justin Thomas is a top 10 finisher yesterday. Well, here's what it is. Dustin Thomas. Here's Mark. what it is that I don't like. They don't have any killers. No. Tiger's a killer. I, I'm even watching. I was out of town at a wedding, so I didn't get a chance to watch know. as Kep, much as I Kepka's wanted. Kepka's a killer. Kepka can be a killer, well, but Kepka's also – He's hurt, though, isn't he? He's either plus 14 or winning a major. Uh, there's no in between with him. There's no – Oh boy, Kepka's going to make a run now. It's no, you know, by Thursday, yeah, you kind of what he's doing in a tournament. He's way too off and on. Um, I, I watched the Jack. I don't know if you guys saw this, the the Jack Gary Player retrospective hour special about their careers going head to head against each other. And you watch, look, it's a gentleman's game. I understand. There's just a lot of nice guys. Like you're revered for being a really nice guy in golf. Yeah, Rory McIlroy, not a killer. More super cow, nice guy. Super nice. But these are super nice people, and they're known for their, their, their courtesy, their generosity, how great they are to work around, how great they are to deal with off the course and everything else. And I'm at a point in my life where I always I want to work around people and be around people who are very nice and cordial and easy to get along with. Yeah. But when I'm watching sports, I want killers. I want to watch killers. I revere killers. I watch Michael Jordan and, and highlights of him. I think, well, that's a killer. I watch Larry Bird. That's a killer. I mean, you can go back in time. I watch Tom Brady now, and I think that is an assassin, and I want to watch that. 
I don't have that anywhere but else. Part of the reason I've got Scotty Scheffler telling his wife he's not ready to go win the Masters when he's what six strokes ahead going to the final. But round? Chad, part of the reason you love that killer is because he's rare, <laughs> right? Now maybe too rare in golf, but generally the reason you love him, the thing that makes him so appealing, is because. He is a rare well, bird. It's, well, he's he's a did, he was stalk. walking up the 18th fairway with a five-shot lead, and the dude he was playing with couldn't handle the heat. Yeah, it's, it's rare in golf. I think, I think it is rare, Paul, in golf. I don't think it's rare in other sports as much. I think the rare part of it is when ability, work ethic, talent meets a killer instinct. That's when you get the guys I mentioned that, that are truly rare. I think of even a guy who could have fun but was a killer is Reggie Miller. Yeah, you know, I mean, you yeah. can go. There's plenty of basketball examples, plenty of football examples uh, of this also. But in individual sports, especially golf, hasn't been an American tennis guy in 25, 30 years. It's just I, I think it's a pretty rare. And I, I'm not saying this to take anything away from Scotty Scheffler, who is truly great right now. Right now, he's great. He is 25, and he's got epic potential for his career to be one of the all-time greats. Taking nothing away from him. But I'm also not watching him and thinking, this is the killer I need in I'd golf. Bet on a, I'd bet on him to be Bubba Watson. So I, would, I would bet on him to be better than Bubba maybe, Watson. Maybe win, win another one. But Bubba, I, I, closer to Bubba Watson than Tiger Woods for sure. Because I'd say it. Sure. I mean, sure. I mean, I, I would bet on anybody to be closer to, to Bubba than Tiger. Just Masters. I mean, even I'm, I'm going to come out. Just Masters. I'm going to come out rich by betting that. So, was it 2012 or 2011? Bubba won at the Masters. It was 12 and 14. 12 and 14. 12 and 14. He was 33 and 35. Very different. Bubba, when he won, it was emotional because it felt like he was due. You know, he was getting up there a little bit. It's like, man, he's been around for a while. I mean, he's 43 years old right now. Bubba Watson. So. Talking about 25 year old. He's got an eight year head start winning the Masters with. with so I look, I, I, want, I want to believe in Scheffler, just like I wanted to believe in Jordan Spieth. And that belief was rewarded for a time with Spieth. Spieth's a better and example. And it's, it's, gone, it's gone downhill. I, I, want this, I want this to be a career now. I understand you're not going to win four out of seven consistently in golf tournaments, but I want to watch a guy that. I'm excited to see what score they put up on Thursday every single major. I'm intrigued to see how Cameron Smith bounces back from this. Uh, not, not just uh, – we will remember the shot on 12 where he hits it into the water um, and ends up with double. But he, he was close. He was within the shot and then fell off right after uh, Scheffler uh, chipped in from three, which we – not just a defining moment of, of that tournament. I, I think we look back on that shot as a defining moment of the career. I think that's when the general public viewing audience – really started paying attention to Scotty Scheffler for the first time. And we did in this tournament, but I don't, I, I don't know if the average golf fan who doesn't go to a course and plug in their you know, PGA round each day knew that Scotty Scheffler was number one in the world. No, it's um, relatively new. Know, he, right? Now he wins four, four tournaments in the last 57 days, which is just crazy. I think Cam Smith's going to win a Masters. I, I mean, I'm going to keep betting. I, I, I'm dropping off of Finau and Fleetwood. I'm not dropping, dropping off of Cam Smith. What is it about Cam Smith that you like so much? Is it the mustache? I, I like his game. No, I hate the mustache. The mullet's bad enough. You <laughs> add the mustache and you're really double whammy. That, let, let this show you people that I am flexible. 
an adaptive because this guy is the exact opposite of what well, I would draw up to root true for. True or false. The Yet first time, I like his game. The first time you bet him, you you thought you were betting on someone else uh, that was more clean cut than Cameron Smith, and then you realized, oh, that's Cameron Smith. No, no, I knew. Ah, that's how I, I remember that. I knew he had the mullet. And then he started playing well, no. and you're like, yeah, I bet on this guy. It was Fleetwood. Better, yeah, Fleetwood. better, it was better look, Paul. Cam Smith or Tommy Fleetwood? Because you love both of them. I do. So and, I think what you, love, what you love is long hair yeah. and a mustache. Yeah. No, uh, Fleetwood has a better look. That's why you I mean, like you Jacob Swanson so much. You can't grow that mustache when you have that hair. And the, and the mustache... That's exactly what Angie said. The mustache really on needs Cam to do away Smith with mustache. is... It's such a soft mustache. There's nothing there. You can hardly see look, it. Then you see it, and you're like, oh my God, what is I, he doing? I thought the best story, the behind-the-scenes story of the day, was um, the story that they did on Cameron Smith and how he grew up revering the, the footballer uh, the rugby player in Australia who also is named Cam Smith and ended up, you know, mimicking him in some ways growing up. And now that guy is reaching out to Cam Smith prior to the final round of the Masters saying, Me and the entire country's pulling for you. They did this yesterday. I thought that was the, yeah, I thought that was the best yeah. story. They of the did day. this yesterday. Was, I was watching featured groups on ESPN. Plus. Genius. Um, here is. Something that I was, I, I won't say stunned, but I would have been way off on my guess. This is from Forbes. So if you, would, if you told me that the U.S. Open as a tournament brings in more than the Masters, I, I would say, no, nah, I, would, I would bet Augusta. Like gate? Um, total. But when you look into the details, the U.S. Open will bring in $18 million more than the Masters. And I, I was stunned by this. So, according to Forbes, uh, Augusta is expected to generate $142 million in revenue. And the U.S. Open will generate one sixty. And they break it down. The Masters... Um, and by the way, there's no uh, numbers for domestic TV rights or sponsorship revenue, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, merchandising. The estimate is on... And the average year, Augusta National is bringing in $69 million on merchandise on property, $39 million in tickets, $25 million in international TV rights, and $8 million in concessions. What, what was the international TV rights? $25. Here's what I did not know, and maybe you guys did. They make zero off of the television rights. The Masters. I did not know that. But here's the agreement. They generate no domestic TV revenue, but CBS and ESPN allow Augusta to control every bit of the broadcast. I knew that. So in exchange for them controlling the broadcast, they pay them nothing. And you get what you get there. Um, That's the US why it Open, comes on so late. The U.S. Open receives $15 million in sponsorship deals and $93 million from domestic TV rights. Now, with this, Augusta has no signage at these tournaments. Uh, there are six sponsors for the entire tournament, AT&T, Delta, IBM, Rolex, UPS, and Mercedes-Benz. And, well, I mean, again, with no TV rights, I mean, if you were actually to sell that, Forbes says potentially you're looking at $100 million in rights fees. But they they're, could, they're, they're refusing to because they control in totality everything you see. 
but they can make $20 million in TV rights and control in totality everything you see. They could go to CBS and say, we want to continue to control everything you see, and we want $20 million, and CBS would say yes. Don't you think? So the master- This is just kind so- of on principle to be the master's that they continue to do I guess, it that way. But, I mean, they, they could make a boatload more and choose not to because they have it all anyway. Well, t- one more time. On, on the Mercedes end of it and the sponsors that's all of the Masters. CBS? No, that's all going to that's the all Masters. That's all CBS. That all goes to the Masters. They just oh, put those commercials on. They control in everything. exchange for not. They control everything of the broadcast. And that's limited commercials compared to other tournaments. Yes, and CBS, I there's, guess, just there's banks no on. ESPN or CBS Sports sign on anything there. But if you make a reference to the greens being like bikini wax, you're off. Yeah, well, I mean that. Um, that's why you abide by the patrons. You call them patrons. Yeah. It's you interesting to me. Also, it, it's obvious they have a great relationship with CBS. They continue to do this, but the CBS is just doing all this with nothing in return. Also, for the honor, but of- they have the Masters. So they get to sell to the Masters, even though they're not selling ads during the Masters, for everything they do with CBS Sports. Yeah. Here's the other thing. On-site well, merchandise. It, I mean, it boosts their... Overall ratings right. and everything I mean, else. I would love to see the 60 Minutes rating last night. It boosts CBS. their profile. Well, they, they have a, an interview with Zelensky in his bunker right after right. the Masters. Yes. Right. It's timed up for a reason. Plus, yes. your ratings are quite yes. good, you, your overall rating stuff. On-site merchandise, we've been there, we've seen that, we've purchased that. Reasonably priced, generally speaking, as compared to other events we've been at and seen. But they're not selling stuff. You can't get online and order that stuff. Right, either. the official That's another sacrifice merch. they're making where you said $69 million on-site merch. If they merely... I mean, they don't even have to advertise it. If you could just go online at the master site where we're all watching the scoreboard yeah. and we're all watching the Amen Corner or the featured groups and there was a tab there, buy stuff, and you could buy stuff there, they could make another probably three figure, you know, hundred million worth of stuff. Off of the deal to distribute that merch. Yes. If they had a... Easy money. If they had a Fanatics deal, for instance. Yeah. Also... I wouldn't change a thing if I were the Masters. And this is an area where I'm excited that greed has not gotten to them as long as they continue to put out that product. But also, if you've ever been, they've mastered customer service. And if you get other hands involved in that, with other sponsors, with television rights, with other things going on, that can muddy the waters of what they do as far as a product. And we've talked about Especially this. Especially for those that are we've there. We've talked about this. If you're purchasing stuff there, it says domestic beer uh, uh, IPA. It doesn't say what the domestic beer or what the IPA is even. Uh, that's how, how limited it is. Look, they're rich enough to control it to this degree. God bless them. And, and the way you can walk through their concession stands and not wait on anything is a model. We came back, this is five years ago, and said it should be a model. You go now to stadiums and arenas, they've picked up on this. That grab-and-go yeah. is the thing. And what, they, what they've done by, still too slow. By, by choosing to do this is they have no other hands reaching out, trying to in any way manipulate what they're doing. If they change something, it's their they governing body it. on site that's making that decision. And you know, it's the same broadcasters for the most part every year. You know, um, it, it's it's. I think it's very well done 
cons- the only two major sports events that I can think of that are done in house is UFC and the Masters. UFC owns everything that you see on a pay per view. They own the broadcast and the cameras and everything. Uh, they distribute that to the pay per view provider. In this case, it's now ESPN. But I mean, they're they're accepting money from ESPN, so ESPN's controlling in some ways what's said on that broadcast now. Not here. Not not in Augusta. Forbes, by the way, projects that they miss out on a total of two hundred sixty nine million this year by not maximizing their revenue potential on everything we're laying out. Uh, not just tickets, but merchandise to having more than six sponsors to actually having commercial breaks to taking money from CBS slash ESPN for the broadcasting rights, all that. And, and I, was, not I just, was stunned by that number. Well, and the genius of it is by not maximizing their revenue, they remain the masters. Yes. And they remain special that and way. And it's, it's, it's if you, uh, particularly if you go, and I've only been for practice round, it's, it's at every bit as distinct as anything. If yeah. you ask me, I've been to Wimbledon, I've been uh, you know, to Lambeau, uh, I've been in the Yankee Stadium dugout for, uh, for a stadium series hockey event. If you ask me the most distinct thing I've been to, it's the Masters. And, and that's got a lot of value on it. For sure. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360 if you would like to jump in. Uh, the USFL using drones, chips in the football to measure first downs, and much more debuts this weekend. We'll tell you what to expect, what to look for next on Outkick 360. The USFL debuts this weekend, and they're using some technology that will benefit the game of football, uh, no matter if it is successful or not. Questions will be answered about the technology and whether or not it can help every phase of the game. Outkick 360 rolls on. We'll get to those points in a moment. Adam Schefter has uh, submitted an apology yeah. Um, and uh, Chad, you were able to listen to it during the commercial break there. Yeah, it's uh, about the way he handled the first report of Dwayne Haskins passing away. Yeah, and the, if you are not familiar with the story, we mentioned it earlier, but Adam Schefter sent out a tweet that said, mentioned him struggling to make it in the NFL as a player with his death report, where he broke the news about his untimely death. He took that tweet down, he reworded it. And hadn't said anything until now, and he tweets out an apology and a tribute to Dwayne Haskins. And with it is uh, something with the Adam Schefter podcast logo on it. You click on it, and it's a good three-and-a-half, four-minute tribute to Dwayne Haskins, the person, with anecdotes from people that knew him with the Steelers and what type of person he was with the team and how active he was in the community and a lot of other things. Um I think that someone that makes $9 million a year, like Adam Schefter, and yes, I am going to talk about the money involved with this, that just signed that contract, should be smarter uh, than to tweet out what he did. For when, sure. when you're reporting a death, that well, it's, pretty easy, it's pretty easy to, to say that's not something you should do when you're talking about a tragedy like that. But this was handled pretty well from an apology standpoint. May have taken a little too long for some people to come up with this, but he did post something. You guys don't don't agree with me here. We just talked about it, but every time he apologizes for something, it's done on a on a smaller thing. You disagree that's a smaller thing. 
Fewer people will press play and listen to 333. Well, that's their problem. On that thing he put, he, than he read wrote the initial out, thing. He wrote out an apology and tribute to, to Dwayne Haskins. So for those that are demanding an apology, here it is. Click play or choose not to. But Adam Schefter tweeted it. He didn't link to another site that's going to yeah. get clicks. He didn't link to some video or live view of, of ESPN. Um, by the way, I found it interesting. No one on ESPN was demanding an apology. Um, you've got Ryan Clark and others who were tweeting out on Schefter's behalf saying that Schefter had called and, and uh, uh, apologized either to them or uh, in some cases... You're say, saying ESPN employees. That's e- yeah, that. yeah, ESPN employees who would be demanding this on social media if it were someone else. Um, we're not doing this uh, yesterday to Schefter or the day prior. Well, a lot of uh, players and former players. Oh, no doubt. Were. Marcus Spears was the other who had his who who said that we all make mistakes and he he'll learn from this. Paul, what you're saying, if he just put the video with nothing else, no words, to and make people click, click on the video and you didn't yeah. know what it was, then I would agree with you. But it says right there, an apology and a tribute to Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. My that's preference would be he write out a few sentences and then have the additional thing, satisfying both. both well, in, uh, in your case, I don't think he can make you happy because he's still going to have somebody to click. If you want to listen to uh, Schefter's apology, he told you what it is. Click on it. I don't need to go listen to an apology, knowing that he apologized to those demanding an apology. Um, he needs to be smarter and and how he reports someone passing away, but. I don't need to listen to Adam Schefter's tribute of Dwayne Haskins to know he apologized in this tweet because he put it out there. This is also not the first time he stepped in it recently. He's been stepping in a lot. He's been, oh, yeah. Uh, he's, that's, a, that's the other thing. This all comes, you right know, after look, he, he got a, uh, during which yes. he got a $9 million right. a year contract. Well, and, and also, I mean, I have no issue with this because I'm sure there's something monetized with it, with ESPN. When you click on this that says the Adam Schefter podcast, it's, you know, kind of a big advertisement. For his podcast, yeah, it's a the clip logo, from it, clearly, but it's it, yeah, it's a clip from the podcast, but it is advertising the podcast. Um, I don't want to sound callous here because if I'm ESPN, I would have demanded an apology from one of my employees quicker with that. But I'm also probably putting that apology on one of my properties if I'm paying someone nine million dollars and not just saying, "Hey, go tweet out," you know, uh, a note from your iPhone with an apology written on it that people just see on Twitter. Well, he does a great deal of his work on a non-ESPN property, Twitter, and his however yes, many yes. followers he has, which is a bucket load, is, is what they're paying for. Um, well, I'm not here to tell people how to spend their 9. money. 9.4 million. Uh, you know, ESPN, they've got the money and they show it left and right because they will pay. They will pay talent the money. But, man, I'm, I'm demanding better if I've got an NFL reporter who continues to step in it to this extent, because it was just not smart. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take someone, it wouldn't take a lot of time to think, man, I've got this story. How should I say it in the most succinct way possible about a tragedy that's happened? There you just play it straight. That. Just play it straight is how you would say it in the business. Deliver it straight. Yes. You do the same, same like in a, in a radio report. Yeah. You just go straight. Former Ohio State Buckeye and current Pittsburgh Steeler Dwayne Haskins was dies in an accident in South Florida according with, to his with whatever the details yeah. you have it, according to his agent. That's it. Then you can editorialize yeah. later. Yeah, or you can edit. Yeah, exactly. You can do that in a separate tweet or however you want to write the story out or whatever it might be. It was just, 
it was in bad taste. I, no one's saying it was uh, was done properly, and Schefter certainly admitting that too. I, it's just odd that he immediately jumps to that. Um, but, you know, the guy, the, the football guys who are saying, "Oh, he's more than a football player." Stop mentioning the football stuff. He's known because of his ability uh, to play you football. You identify somebody when he I dies mean, for for why that's why part he's of known the, exactly. That, that's I mean, part, that's unreasonable. That's why he's famous. Some guys went overboard the other way. Why don't you identify him as a brother and a right. father and a son? Well, no, uh, th- people don't yeah. know who that is. No, exactly. Um, but you, you could be generic with this report because there's one fact that matters, and he lost his life crossing an interstate in Florida. He was down there training Terrific. with uh, Steelers teammates, including Trubisky, yep. I believe. Yeah, big workout for all of their skill. Uh, uh, it sounded like a pretty good turnout for their skill. Position people in advance of OTAs. Now, one of Chase the, one, Claypool was there. I saw he had a comment from it. He tight. was down there working Sound out like with them. They were very yeah. tight. One of the one of the reports I saw uh, believed they were speculating. They believed he was on his way to the airport based on where he was traveling in the time of morning or whatever uh, to head back to Pittsburgh. Now, whether or not that's accurate or not, I don't know. But his car was on the side of the road. Um, we don't know if he ran out of gas. Don't know. Don't know the details of that yet. Um, awaiting that. And I've been looking and searching for those details. A lot of it is just rehashing the story itself without adding much details to it. You'd think police would uh, present some of that, knowing how much is out there, but process takes what the process takes. Yeah. And going back on what you said about, you know, current former players that, you know, identify them as this, identify them. It's easy to say and look at that, and everyone had the same reaction. It's why Adam Schefter is apologizing today publicly to say, now is not the time. Now is not the time to talk about, about a guy struggling as a top pick right. to make it in the NFL right. when you're announcing their untimely death. We can all agree on that, but it gets a little silly when you take it to the next step. I remember David Bowie dying, and there's a description in every death notice and tweet about David Bowie describing that he was a musician, and he was. it goes through the list. You get a descriptor about what you do for a living. So when you put former Ohio State Buckeye, current Pittsburgh Steeler, and not the rest of it, that's fine. It's the lead paragraph that's how, of your That's obituary. how everyone that is complaining right now about it is probably going to be described when there's an announcement about their death. That's just the facts, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, who you are. Yeah, and We understand that you're, you have a family the, and all of that. We understand no. you're more than your job. Right. That's the point of all of this and what we're getting at, but when it's – it's what you're most famous for doing that's going to be the first thing if your death is newsworthy. I mean, you can right. only be so lucky to have lived a life where people know you also. There are plenty of anonymous people who die every day that when you go and see the obituary in your local down-home paper, it'll describe what they did. Chad it'll Withrow. describe their family also, Chad but Withrow, it'll radio, describe the job for years. Yes. Chad Withrow, a radio and internet broadcaster based out of Nashville, comma. Yeah, but on Schefter's Twitter, you should know the name Dwayne Haskins. Just by saying quarterback. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't have to. I would have been fine with that, too. Yeah. But, I mean, saying the team that he plays for currently or where he starred in college is totally fine. Adding the subjective who is struggling to make it in the league with those two teams was overboard. And, and everyone realizes it, and that's why he's apologized. Uh, he's in contention to push Trubisky. Yeah, a lot of people thought he'd wind up playing at some point. I mean, he was the 15th overall pick by Washington. Daniel Snyder's the one that demanded they draft him. The big, the big discussion going into that draft was, 
Washington and the scouts and those in charge, except for Daniel Snyder, didn't want. They were trying to talk Daniel Snyder out of drafting. Was that him. still Jay Gruden? Or was uh, that Rivera's first? It might. Uh, that's a good question. I think it might have still been Jay Gruden. I'll get tripped up on the the exact years there. Uh, Either way, on, though, it was it was the twenty it was the twenty nineteen draft. So it would have. I think that's Jay Gruden. I think um, so too, if I'm not mistaken. But the um, yeah, Gruden in twenty nineteen, fifteenth overall pick, and. They didn't want to draft him. Snyder said, you're drafting him. And he ends up getting benched. And didn't play well. Didn't play well. And then released. The story as to why he was released by Washington was because he was shown in a photograph maskless at his girlfriend's birthday party um, last year. I mean, that that's why he got cut. And then they, um, the Steelers pick him up about a month later. And he's more or less on their practice squad. I think he was active for one game because of COVID protocol, and they weren't sure if they're going to have enough quarterbacks available, so he was active. But that was it. And then they re-signed him and uh, brought him back, and he was supposed to be pushing for the, a starting starting role, if not a starting role, the backup, the the lead backup candidate. And it's a good Mitchell place Trubisky. to be a backup. Would have been a good situation to be a backup. Though they may be drafting the, a team and he could have wound it, up slotted third. It could have been back on you know the open market looking for a, a third landing spot. But based on the way that uh, Tomlin discussed him, it sounded like he was going to be a part of their plan. So, I mean, that sucks. And, and what a... Awful remember, he came in, uh, Chad, he came in off the bench. And I was advocating for this at the time. He came in off the bench for Barrett, I believe, against Michigan. And help win that game. Yep. And this is before he was the starter. After he beat out, this was the year he beat out Joe Burrow. He's the backup. He basically forced Burrow to transfer. Yeah. And yep. um, yeah, because Burrow was the third string. Came in and played, and I said, "This guy's not a starter. He need, he needs to go ahead and go pro." Like I, there are so many. I mean, the way I saw him play, like, if he's eligible, he needs to go. And he ends up coming back and and starting for that year. Um, he was quite the story at Ohio State. Yeah. Only needed one year starting to be the fifteenth I mean, overall pick. Fifty touchdown passes. Yeah, you know he broke. I want to say eight passing records at Ohio State. Uh, I mean, in, in his short in his time there. I mean, great player. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick three sixty. Coming up, the details behind the USFL. What to watch for as they kick off the season this weekend. Uh, plus, I don't know how you could see everything in a photo. But the photo of the Atlanta Braves World Series ring is something to behold. They We've, got it all in there. We, they got it all in. Uh, somehow. Somehow. We we'll just have to trust them. That There's a lot happening. What they say is a ruby is a ruby. There's a lot happening on this ring. Oh, that's next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on. The NFL actually has a chip in their football that they use. But they don't use it for what the USFL will be using uh, the, the chip for. NFL uses this microchip for next-gen stats. The USFL will have a chip in their football that will measure first downs. They're doing away with the chain gang, the chain crew, uh, measuring first downs. If you're close, um, they can go to the box for the review. There will be that yellow line, uh, computerized line, and you will be able to tell based on this chip in the football 
where the football got to in forward progress. So when they're telling you that DK Metcalf hits 21 miles an hour, I've always presumed it's the chip on DK Metcalf. Some of these guys, the chip. Some of these guys. Well, he's do not have on. That. He he doesn't have the ball in the one I'm talking about. <clears throat> the one where he chased the guy down. Remember, and they told you his speed. Yeah. So well, I wonder what next gen stats they use the ball for oh, as opposed to the guy. Air yards. I mean, you get air yard stats. I mean, there's tons of uh, uh, tons of information that come off that. So velocity of the football. Um. Yeah, they've got a chip in the football. Um. In the NFL. Uh, it, Gives that access to next gen. So, Chad, you were explaining this to me because the story I read about it, it might have been in Peter King's column, made me a little bit skeptical about their ability to be precise. It's a lot with like this. tennis. It was Mike Florio. Uh, it was it was pro football talk. It's a lot like tennis. That. Who's if you go to the review, you can tell where it lands. And I think in tennis, you could be much more precise because of the size of the ball. Of the ball. Uh, but in this case, Chad, they're able to with this chip. They they know the distance of the football. And they yeah, know I don't, we don't know that it's going to be perfect until we see it. It makes a lot of sense, you know, to have to something try. like this, to it have this technology. Be, but on the surface, one, don't you think it's going to be more accurate than a yes, human yes, spotting a ball? Yes, I think it'll be more so. accurate. To think that it's going to be perfect every time is probably wrong. But yeah, I think it's going to be more accurate. What if the some next bad step be to put in chips in the noses of the ball? I don't know if that that accounts for you know certain trajectory of the football. He'd have to put in yeah both noses obviously yeah. to find out which, which one it you is. Two but chips, yeah. I think that you know just like here's the way I would understand it. There's a chip in the middle of the tennis ball, right? Right. Well, that chip knows exactly the, the circumference of the tennis ball. So when you see that tennis ball image with they the tracking the device, yeah, it shows the circum- circumference of the ball from the middle. Same thing goes. For the football. They put the shape of it the ball It projects around. the shape of the football as to where it should go. I think it's going to be closer. I'm very interested to and see And I, I hope it works because I want college football oh, especially. Yeah. The NFL's got better officiating. I want college football to move to this. I want it to go USFL if it works, to college football, and maybe eventually to the NFL. I don't see as big of a problem with it in the NFL. I see a lot of miserable spots in college football, in high school football, that's where you're going to get the worst spots. Uh, I do know that Fisher had a mock game. This was Friday or Saturday. I think it was Friday. He had a mock game, and uh, Pereira asked him to challenge something and what uh, just to go through the mechanism of he could challenge anything. It's in house uh, like Panthers in, versus Panthers. In, no, it was they they played another else. team, but it was a, a mock game, the full the full length three hour game, and just to make sure all, everything was going well. And uh, they had the whole thing going. Um, and I'll, I'll explain some other things in a moment. But one of the things was was the chip of the football, and Fisher measured the forward progress of a quarterback going for a first down. I don't know if he won or lost it, but that was what they had challenged. And sure enough, I mean, it comes up on the big screen. You can see everything there. And it's no different than tennis where you can act, and the whole crowd can react oh. to it. If it's good, if it's good there'll reaction. be huge momentum for it very quickly. Oh, in the moment of, you know, the the reaction in tennis that you get with it. But the think about a home stadium when they go in the overhead and show here's the first down line and where it is, first down or not, on a fourth down play where you thought, hey, they they showed it as being stopped. Yeah. We think they had forward progress. That's going to be big moments. Tennis is the game. easiest replay in sports. I remember we talked to John McEnroe about it when we had him on once before we saw him play, and the woman that said, nice, nice, <laughs> yeah. became part of our lives. 
Well, I, I love this aspect of it because I, I think this virtual yellow line, you know, and then we've got, we've had that for years on TV now actually has meaning. The, yeah. you you can pair it now with the technology that's been there for a long time. And we've all, we've all said like, put a chip of the football and just measure it that way and get pinpoint accuracy. And they've had the technology, but have, have for whatever reason stuck with the method of, you know, the, I won't say tried and true because I, it's, there's no way it can be as accurate as what they will be now. Um, I think there's just some, Oh, is, is there some old school mentality that wanted the chain gang out so. there? Yeah, also, I think, no, here's a I've, I've heard from a lot of people who do not want to see the chains go away. Also, what if there's a, a big glitch? part of the game and you got to have chains? What if you've got a technological glitch at the moment and there's That's no, a great no question. backup? I, I, I would assume that you could have some chains out there at that point. Right. Do they've both. made it like they're doing away with, well, there's no, and I think that's more than figurative. What's stopping you from doing both? Nothing. I mean, you could do, work a challenge in where it's going to show the exact spot with technology, but you keep the chains also. Yeah, but they're saying doing away with, well, you're and still I wonder have, if it's I more mean, than figurative. You're still going to mark first downs. I mean, the team needs to know yeah. where the first downs will be. They're going to have some way of marking. Uh, but you, I mean, you, so you've got that, but you, you don't have to go out and, like, let's bring the chains out here and walk yeah. them out here and extend People it. were honestly upset with the fact you're not going to have the process of the chains being stretched to see if it's a first down or not. And I'm thinking that's – I'm okay doing away with that. No, you want to have the markers with 10 yards apart with that. chains? We're talking about robot umpires calling balls and strikes. I mean, if you're going to be upset about a chain gang disappearing – so, You're really a dinosaur. Yeah. In addition to the virtual replay system, two players from each team is, are going to be wearing helmet cams throughout the game. This is similar to the ump cams yeah. that Fox has implemented. Um, so they're they're using some of this technology on other broadcasts, and they're you know adding this to what they have with the USFL now. Um, there will be a drone cam. I have seen this in action. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the. The drone cam is better than what I thought it was going to look like. Uh, especially, I think the drone cam is perfect for kickoffs because you can speed this thing up right at the point of impact, take off with the football, and then it turns on a dime upon, you know, the, you, know, you have someone that catches the kickoff uh, and returns and it, away. and you take it back the other way. This is, uh, I, I think it's really cool how they can set this up. the sky cam. Oh, Yes. Yes. probably costs less. I don't know. I mean, I, again, like I think a lot of guys now are doing the, we've got Ryan Albany's here in studio that runs a, a drone. I mean, he, maybe Albany's can this go is, work for Fox. I mean, it's got to cost a lot of money to put technology. in the cables of those sky cams in stadiums, though they could probably put but one the, in and leave it there. You know, I think they'll have some sort of uh sky cam in, with this too. I mean, they've got Fox and NBC involved in this, by the way, the kickoff simulcast, this Saturday on Fox and NBC at 6.30. Um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by all the bells and whistles they're going to unveil. Not everything will stick. I mean, this is the inaugural season of the new USFL. But I'm, I'm intrigued by what could potentially catch on and what can help out not just the USFL and how we view this, but how it enhances the entire sport. I mean, if, if, it makes, if you're able to shave off Two minutes of a broadcast because you're not having to do the chains back and forth. The NFL is using it if it's working that way. Well, look, uh, I mean, one, it, of, the, one it, of the best things about this is that it's a testing ground in many ways for new, new things, new rules, new technology. You would hope eventually new quarterbacks. Yeah, 
And and the, uh, the I think I mentioned a couple players that'll be wearing the the helmets. Um, the coaches are mic'd up. The the guys that are coming, the quarterback that I saw coming off the the field, or maybe it was a receiver coming off the field, you can hear the discussion going on with the coaches as he comes onto the sideline. Immediate coaching, and they're mic'd up and ready to go. I'm I'm fascinated by it. Uh, Chad, on the way out, we'll show it tomorrow. Your five-second thoughts on the Atlanta Braves World Series ring. Would you buy one? No, couldn't afford it. It's a lot. A lot of diamonds and rubies. I'll kick 360 tomorrow. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks.